Have you ever wanted an instruction manual for your life? Something that went over the stuff that isn't always obvious? Or even some of the stuff that is? My name is Sarah Ramsey. I'm a singer, voice, performance, and growth coach, and I've spent a lifetime open to the lessons behind our experiences and seeking out pathways to becoming more enlightened, better humans. And I'm Dr. Stefan Rabnett. I've been a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine for over 20 years, and I'm also a Jay Shetty certified life coach. I've long been fascinated with our human superpowers, the ones we don't quite have the instruction manual for, and I'm forever curious about how we can unlock them. Welcome to This Big Life Podcast, where we have deeper conversations about the nature of existence, our place in it, and how we can leverage these things to create the life we want. Basically, we're bringing the woo-woo to you, you. But don't worry, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Welcome. Welcome indeed. Welcome. Okay. Yes, this is this might be a four welcome episode at the beginning <laughs> here. Just <laughs> we're so happy you are here with us. <laughs> yes. Yes, and we're I think welcoming ourselves slowly coming into oh. this episode as well. Indeed we are. So we are talking today, today. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> we probably should have planned that out, huh? <laughs> Go on, please. Well, I was just going to uh, bring everybody up to speed that today we are going to talk about the role of self-care in fueling healthy relationship. I love That's it. the name of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause this is a big one. Cause when I first started thinking about this episode, the first thing that popped is like, okay, well, what is a relationship? So yeah. what is a relationship? Let's... Well, I think a relationship, um, I think it's important to think about our relationship to self and a relationship to other, because both are at play here. So self-care is important in our relationship to self. Mm -hmm. And self-care is also important in relationship to other. And other includes literally like every other relationship we have. So I, I know that's not a definition of relationship at all, <laughs> but it's like, I'm not talking about just romantic relationship, but it's like our, our, you know, intimate relationships. It's our friendships. It's our uh, family relationships. It's our work relationships. It's our every relationship. Totally. It, it all matters. How would you define relationship? That <laughs> well, might be I don't better than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that it popped as a question because it was one of those things that I've always, I guess, um, on a certain level, take it for granted is a word that means something, or mm -hmm. pinned it as like a romantic relationship, or like a few categories that would kind yeah. of. But really, a relationship is any common space, right? Whether or yeah. not that's a common space, like physically. Uh, emotionally, spiritually, anything, anything that you kind of share something with. And that can be, again, with yourself, 
but I think in the context of this like, conversation, um, yeah, I think I was thinking, you know, we have the relationship, we could have one other per- person or like a societal thing where we all contribute to that space. Yeah, very much and so. And yeah. so for me, I think that that's what I was thinking this relationship as, is like kind of a common shared space. And I know I thought of that, like in terms of like partner relationships, like you each kind of have, you know, you bring stuff to the shared space. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about self-care, um, that's a good example of, um, you know, being mindful of what we bring to that shared space. So for me, and we can dive into this, and I think this is going to be one of those episodes where I'm jumping around all over the place. Um, <laughs> is, <my> favorite ones. <laughs> um, is the... The word almost when I was thinking about this before as well is, is responsibility. Like this idea that we have a responsibility to the shared space, but that's a charge things in and of itself. Anyways, I'm excited to dive into this one a little bit there today. Cause my mind's still kind of going through the, almost that paradox of doing it for ourselves, but doing it for others at the same time. I'm laughing because as I read my own notes, the first thing I have written down in my my own shorthand is that it fuels healthy relationship with self romantic partner friendship business partner every kind of partnership is improved when we take responsibility for our own self-care so clearly we share a brain there we go so (laughs) what is taking responsibility for your self-care what does that look like is there like a is it intent? Is it a certain amount? What What is response? And what is that? Uh, I think that that has to be defined differently for each of us because mm. what, what self-care looks like or needs to be is different for every person. Totally. I think what taking responsibility for it means to me is that we are not looking to anyone else to define what those parameters are. Mm -hmm. We are looking to our own. We are, we are present with our own feedback around what works and what doesn't and what we require um, and how we need to nurture ourselves to feel filled up. Yeah, so that's that's what responsibility in that context means to me is that it's it's um, we're not looking to somebody else that we are choosing to own it for ourselves. Yeah, I like it and own it, and I guess so. What is owning it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you tell I have a toddler that just keeps on going. Why? 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 <laughs> yes, yes, I can. <laughs> Okay, you answer that one then. Well, I think the the word responsibility has a charge for me. So we can, I got to guess I even just got to unpack that a little bit later. But I think when we're, if we're looking at what's a win-win in terms of of an exchange in that common space, if a relationship is kind of a common space, and a win-win is being mindful of our, of what we bring to that. And as we've talked about before, is a lot of what we bring to that, we're not even aware of. Mm -hmm. So 
being as mindful as we can about the reactionary bits we bring to the shared space. Because I think that's when we're in reaction is kind of when we don't know, you know, that's where our cognitive bias likes to kind of come in and bump everybody off the couch because it's just basically. <laughs> and so being mindful of where we're reactive, I think is yeah. a good kind of bit of starting point. So, but in order to do that, requires self-care because yeah. you know there's again the shoulds can come out pretty easily in terms of well i should like look at all my stuff and i should 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 but the really in my experience the only way to kind of to kind of get past the should is to be an acceptance of ourselves and the only mm-hmm. way to do that is to honor ourselves and the way to do that i think is what you said at the beginning is it differs from every person you know, yeah. what is honoring self? What does honoring yourself look like today? Yeah. So what are some, uh, and, and yes, this changes from day to day and yes, this is different for every person, but there are some, um, common areas for self-care. Um, the details of them, you know, can, can be different, but you know, when I look at sort of common areas, I think about, um, like nutrition. So what we take into our bodies that, that fuels us in, um, that fuels us. I'm going to leave it there because I'm here to tell you, sometimes the chocolate chips do fuel me. Um, <laughs> there, totally. there is a place for chocolate in self-care, <laughs> But there's also a place for lots of uh, fruit and vegetables, you know, some good stuff. But it's not around judgment around what we take in. It is around choosing what is going to nurture us. So, yeah, that's, you know, the nutrition that that. we take in. Totally. And I totally agree with you. It's not what we do. It's kind of our presence when we do it. Right. So you can like mindlessly chuck those chocolate chips back into your mouth or you could be with like every bite of that chocolate chip. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it doesn't have to be that extreme tantric chocolate experience for it to contribute <laughs> to you in some way. Tantric right? chocolate. I think we might <laughs> we have just found have, the name of we our We don't have to be podcast. sting here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but it is that like being willing to kind of be, um, I think, aware of why we're doing something. Yeah. I really like the, the in acupuncture in Chinese medicine, there's the eight limbs of Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And they're basically eight things to pay attention to and they're ranked and they're a good little kind of um, framework for stuff. And it's meditation, exercise, diet, feng shui, astrology, and then some other like kind of meditation herbs, like acupuncture, like stuff like kind of, so they're broken down into different things, but the top of that list is meditation basically mm. like being with yourself so you can see the rest kind of down the line. And then the second one being exercise is just being conscious of movement, right? However yeah. that looks for you, you know, and that can be from running a marathon to just consciously taking 12 steps outside. Yeah. Like whatever kind of, you know, is, is right for you. And then um, anyways, yeah, you can go into all of them, but it's just in terms of what are we paying attention to? And I guess that's what really self-care is, is paying attention to ourselves in the most non-judgmental, kind of open, kind of curious way. Yes. I think those are important words to uh, bring to the party. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a self-care party. I, I will also bring up one area in particular because, um, and yes, it is just one area, but it's one area that I think our culture, uh, oh, what's the language I want to use here? Romanticizes the absence of. Oh, uh, go on. And that's the area of rest. Interesting. And it is so, so this is something that personally I have uh, come to understand. This was one of the gifts of the pandemic for me was understanding the place that rest took up in my life, the need for rest, the need to give myself rest and allow it. So when I say our culture romanticizes the absence of it, we live in a culture that up until 2020, at least, there has been a shift post-pandemic, I think, a shift of understanding. But up until that point, it was a hustle, hustle, go, go, go. The more you achieve, the more you do, the more you produce, the better. And if that comes at the cost of your sleep, so be it. I went through a period of time when now I was a single parent. I had three kids who were not yet old enough to be like putting themselves to bed and things like that. And I worked for an airline and I worked uh, morning shifts so that I would be home in the evening for the after school evening time with my kids. Right. So I had to be at work at five o'clock in the morning. So I had to be up at three o'clock in the morning. My kids did not go to bed at a time that allowed me to go to bed at six o'clock at night, which is what I would have needed to do to get my eight hours of sleep or whatever, seven hours of sleep. So I was up until, you know, nine o'clock at night or so nine, sometimes 10 o'clock at night with them, got them to bed. And then I'd be up at three o'clock in the morning to go to work. So I was getting like maybe five hours of sleep a night. And I started having such significant memory impairment that I actually forgot to go to work one day. I mean, I worked shift work, so it wasn't like regular schedule, right? I forgot to go to work and I got called in for a disciplinary meeting about it. And I forgot to go to that. So at least you show consistency in the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I went for sleep testing at that point because I have mild apnea, but the sleep specialist said like, by and or you know, I was doing that and I was doing memory testing as well because I was so concerned about my memory at that point in time. And what it kind of came down to was you are massively sleep deprived, mm-hmm. massively yeah. sleep deprived. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, fast forward many years, my kids are now adults. We get to the pandemic, all of a sudden the world shuts down and it's perfectly acceptable to catch up on a lifetime's worth of rest because the world stops. And I personally just came to this whole different relationship with rest. And I'm not joking when I say I felt like I spent two years catching up on a lifetime's worth of rest. Uh, And uh, it has taken such a different 
priority in my life now because I have a way different understanding that every other thing in my life functions better when I prioritize rest. And the minute I start to let that slip, everything else suffers. But I didn't see it for a long time. Interesting. Cool. That's a cool story. Cause yeah, now you know that like experientially, right? Like, yeah, because it's true. Like there's a duality, like we hear the importance of sleep, but it's also something that we can dismiss easily because it is, as you say in our culture, like, Oh my gosh, you should work like 22 hours a day. You know, the successful yeah. people to, to get what you want, you have to like basically suffer and yeah. rest is, is, is true. Cause even with, quote unquote, positive things, right? Like you'd be like, well, I, I got to do those, but there's still a doing, right? And that's kind of mm-hmm. what you're saying. We've had like, it's so easy to get into the culture of doing as opposed, as opposed to, you know, that cliche of being, but it's true. Cause it's like, do, 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 do. Yeah. The do, do. So <laughs> the, it's, um, uh, so to the willingness, cause I, I think also, rest is like can be a little bit of synonymous with like nothingness right so you're Mm. doing nothing not and that is a tough thing because the shoulds come in there right like Mm because there's it's easy to have different um qualitative hierarchy of rest right like okay well like meditation that's the perfect that's rest you know as opposed to just letting yourself do absolutely nothing and Mm -hmm. that be a form of nourishment Cause really it is because you are letting your brain kind of wander in a way that if it can be doing so in a relaxed way, then you're contributing to your body. Like it's rejuvenating, yeah. it's shifting its software program a little bit. So, but that's interesting. I never really thought about it, but collectively we've just kind of had like a two year sociological siesta. Yeah. Like we're, and I think what's that's interesting is cause now we're all primed. Right. We've all had a had, we're all waking up from our naps. (laughs) And what I now granted, you know, confirmation bias and all of that. So I'm the first to say this may not be as global as I interpret it to be. But from my perspective, what I see is there are far fewer people who are willing to return to the level of hustle. that we lived at for all the years before and a way bigger um, portion of the, uh, of society who are just uh, a lot more adamant about prioritizing balance and rest. And, and it's, it's looking different. I think that's a big part of why nobody's, you know, the service industry is in such trouble because, it's not being valued and everybody was overworked and underpaid. And I mean, that's a whole other tangent, but no, but it's true. I think that's why we're seeing that. Yeah, no, that's exactly true. And then, you know, in a way there's, there's a potential for progress in there, right? Like people are really kind of being mindful of what's a value to them and well, and their relationships, right? Like that is, that is what they're doing is they're, and we're all doing, you know, I think is to a certain degree is that that's a good example of how self-care is um, changing. Well, it's not so much changing relationships, but I think with respect to relationships, relationships changing can be a positive thing as well. So even that aspect of self-care where we have collectively potentially, you know, 
um, nourished ourselves over the last couple of years, there is a lot of change and also relationship from people mm-hmm. changing partner romantic relationships to work relationships to you know living relationships people when they've spent that much time resting and reflecting i think there's been a lot of like actually there's something else for me right mm-hmm. and again not as a judgment of anything that came before it but just like okay there's something new so yeah. um yeah it's interesting now that you say that like collectively where we're kind of at which again is pretty cool because that means that we're primed for something so what are we going to do with all this nap power (laughs) how is it gonna look (laughs) nap power nap power societal nap power is going to adopt that terminology from here on out (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah anyways but it's true. And I think the, um, I think sleep and rest as an aspect of self-care is, is something I just want to get back to because you said, and I, I, that was really true because I know I can fall into self-care as like a workout in the sense of like, okay, you got to do, 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 you know, like it's an achievement. It's like, yep. it's some aspect of measurable thing that I'm in competition with myself for in terms of how yep. much, you know, self-care, right? But it, there's that aspect. <laughs> Parkour. anyways uh... (laughs) anyways the um uh self-care is also yeah like watching shows right like arrested development right like yeah 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 you know like letting yourself just do um whatever it can be doing nothing and not judging yourself for it and I think that that's a, such a big, important piece because it lets us, you know, it's just even they know now, like even when you're not sleeping and you feel like you're like middle of insomnia, maybe you are in the middle of the night, even if you're up and you're aware with your heart rate lower, generally speaking, like there's different aspects, you still are resting, you know, yes. you, your body still is rejuvenating. Yes. If you were asleep and perfect and a deep REM, like all that, all the time, it would be more, um, pronounced, but you're still resting. Right. So even when we don't think we are, we are, and I think mm-hmm. that acceptance of it helps us then even get more from it in that moment. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I think when we're talking about the issue of self-care, we have to talk about the metaphor that you hear all every time that the issue of self-care comes up, but you hear it because it is so um, tangible. And that being, you know, if you're in a plane, you got to put on your own oxygen mask before you put on somebody Mm -hmm. else's, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's that sense of, if you don't have enough flowing through your own system, in this case, oxygen, but you know, in life, it's just energy and uh, energy. Yeah. If you don't have enough flowing through your own system, you are useless to the people around you. And like, you have nothing to give. So if that's the metric that you're going to measure by is, you know, you don't have time for self-care because there's too much to do, too many other people to take care of. You are doing all of them a disservice by not taking care of yourself, actually. I know. It's that irony, right? Like it actually is, you know, more selfish to do it that way, you know? So 
Um, and, but again, because when we get going, when we often need rest and self-care so much is when we're usually in reaction so much. Mm. Right. And then when we're in reaction, it's harder to see like, Oh yeah, like <laughs> maybe I should slow down a little bit here. And so I think that's the the cycle. Sometimes we get ourselves in. And so that's where I think, again, you pierce that kind of cycle with forgiveness and not judging ourselves for being on that cycle, being on that cycle. And then just do whatever self-care comes to you kind of in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the big thing is it just starts like it just, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes that like little bit of an intent to start. So that's where that chocolate chip could come in, right? Like you could mm -hmm. be like, you know what, what does self-care look like to me right now? And you see that chocolate and you're like, I want that chocolate. And you have that chocolate and you be with that chocolate. That's self-care. Yeah. Sometimes. You, and sometimes self-care is also saying no to that chocolate. Like the flip side is equally true. It's not, totally. it's not about the thing. It's about being in touch with what, your body needs at that time that's yeah. what it is yeah it, it's it, it's about being mindful about what it is that you actually need and it can be yeah i mean that the chocolate chip is a perfect example because uh, sometimes that can be the solution and sometimes that can be the problem yeah so i guess self-care is really fostering that buildup of that presence required mm -hmm. to kind of know what to do with that chocolate chip Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about the, the tenets of uh, Chinese medicine and mm -hmm. meditation being at the top. And to me, not coming from the, you know, a Chinese medicine perspective specifically, the way that translates for me is um, mindfulness. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is that, you know, you, there's a whole school of like mindfulness meditation and all of that, but mindfulness translating into our lives um it's it's that presence that being able to stay aware and and observant mm -hmm. so much easier said than done <laughs> i know and it's one of those like paradoxical loops because the way to do it to make it easier is those things right yeah. like sitting with the meditation exercise the diet like all the stuff that helps efficiency within our system helps us be aware to be present with the experiences and then also be present to be like, if we are interacting with another person, like, Oh, I'm reacting right now or the presence even to be like, okay, this person is upset. I'm, if, you know, if I'm not present, I probably would interpret it as my own and I would get frustrated or something like mm -hmm. that. So, and then it's easier to give other people space when you have that presence, right? Like when you have that presence and then if someone is off gassing a little bit, it's easier to not like, you know, resist and react or like get bowled over by it, but just be an allowance of it. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. So it's cool. Cause I think it's, um, even just talking about this is, is how, you know, the win-win aspect of self-care. And so I think, it, it, for me, that makes it a little bit easier to put the fun back in self-care because mm -hmm. there is like a communal aspect as, of being like a catalyst and, and less of a should in terms of self-care. Yeah. So, and um, yeah. So I have another 
slice of this to talk about, which is a super fun paradox. <laughs> so for those of us who really sit um, very firmly in the codependency <laughs> realm, <laughs> um, which is all about caretaking, right? But not necessarily appropriate caretaking. It's like over caretaking uh, as a coping mechanism. The more you take responsibility for your own self-care and the more you allow other people to take responsibility for their own self-care, the less caretaking has to happen and that the more it releases us from codependency. Interesting. But the, the paradoxical thing about it is that <laughs> the best way to take care of you <laughs> is to take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> So you can actually look at it as like the ultimate caretaking, the ultimate act of caretaking is to take care of myself for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. And we just, that's, that's the, the, the kind of two individuals, you know, creating something greater than themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and whether or not there's just two people or multiple people, but yeah, no, that's totally, um, it is an interesting kind of paradox and, uh, um, I guess you've left me stunned, Sarah, uh, the, as I am wont to do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but the, cause it's like, we have, if we, we've got a certain amount of like tasks or almost like in terms of self-care and to do, and I know it's not the doing and the task aspect, but if we don't do them and then we come to our shared space then those things have to be worked out in the shared space. And that's the caretaking aspect of a relationship, right? And sometimes, you know, relationships get built on that part of it. It's almost like um, it's known from whatever previous relationships of types in the past. And then you kind of get into a pattern and, and that's, and some relationships can function totally well that way. Sometimes that hides other stuff, right? Like it's just a, there's a lot of things, but regardless, generally speaking, the more we do, in terms of with ourselves and exploring ourselves and our own bits and reactions and patterns and stories before we come to the shared space, mm -hmm. usually the better that shared space is. Yeah. And then that shared space can start to really fuel us back too. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's that win-win. Absolutely. It is. So let's yeah. talk as we've talked about this really a lot in, um, a more sort of societal sense and a more uh, talked about, you know, in terms of relationship that we're not necessarily talking about our primary partner, but there are some specifics when it comes to the way our own self-care affects our relationship with our primary partner, with our intimate partner. For sure. That I think... Um, deserves its own attention you know it's absolutely not the only relationship that it affects and fuels but i know for myself when i am taking care of myself in in that respect i am attending to filling my own cup i feel less needy 
in my relationship. And so I am, speak of the devil, um, thought my ringer was off and it wasn't. Um, It's like you're talking about me, I can tell. (laughs) When I am taking care of filling my own cup, I feel less needy um, in my relationship and things flow better. And interestingly, so I'm someone who definitely fights with a need to control some, some things that is a, that is a stress response. I think for me is like, you know, if I can control more then I've, got it more under control. (laughs) So I I can be less stressed. Um, and yet the act of it, it's all very, you know, it, it actually increases my stress, but I don't really realize that in the process, but the more I take care of myself. So the more I, um, address my own self care, I think the more able I am to release some pieces of control in uh, our relationship that would affect my partner in maybe like those pieces of control are maybe not super fun for him to be on the receiving how about, end of. <laughs> how about control of your partner's self-care? Because I think oh, sometimes yeah. that can come up where we like, I'm self-care, but somebody else isn't self-caring. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And that's just sometimes that can be a tough thing to let go of because it's easy for us to be like, okay, because we notice if we are in a self-care kind of montage and we can kind of feel like some some release and some vibrancy coming from the work that we're doing. And then suddenly we can look over and be like, hey, wait a minute, this person's got some work to do. And it's very easy for that mind to then start to resent that shared space because you're like, hey, I tidied up my corner of the space. Like, what are you doing, bub? Yep. And that's an interesting spot because ultimately there's, there's value in being again in total allowance and you know that they're going to be in their journey kind of, mm-hmm. um, they get to make their choices. We get to make their choices. And again, <laughs> we know though, as we've told ourselves before that doing the self-care will allow us to kind of, we got a full cup to help other people, mm-hmm. but it's an interesting thing when it comes to relationships and stuff. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yes, uh, I might be guilty of trying to tell my partner how he should take care of his own self care. <laughs> that might be a conversation that we've had. A <laughs> chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like you and I have talked before or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And um ultimately again, yeah, forgiving ourselves for every aspect of where we are and this kind of the journey with it, definitely. Mm-hmm. But the because it, it um you know it, I've gone through like, even like I've had a different type of relationship I have constantly is with patients, like people that I treat. Right. And it goes into that metric of like, well, you know, you know, like I know logically if they do this, 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 and this, if they do these five things, then their physical, mental, spiritual health is going to totally change. 
but ultimately it's their choice. Now it's easier for me to play that role and to have that awareness and know that it is their choice in that type of setting. It's different with respect to, um, your life partner and like the closest relationships to you. Cause you want to be like, Hey, just come on. Like, just look, if you just, you know, like just with this sense of knowing that it's, it's frustration and, um, and because your partner's choices affect you in a totally, totally. different way than your totally. patient's choices affect you. Absolutely. 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 Right. Like, because it's just like, you know, there's a brief window that you're with them and that's kind of it, but there's a lot of obviously a lot more shared space and almost micro relationships within the big one when you have with respect to your, with respect to your partner. Yeah. And we are, we are, I don't think any of us is an entirely selfless being. (laughs) No, Right. Of course. Right. Cause we're yeah. here. Right. And again, that's where that paradox is. And that's where it's logically always okay, regardless of where you are in the cycle, but that aspect of forgiveness and knowing though, that truth is like working with ourselves, you know? And so, um, and that there is a bit of a truth with respect to reflection, right? Like in terms of, if there's something really sticky in terms of somebody's really annoying you, right. Or something's really annoying you. If they like, it's not that that's your exact thing to, to read on yourself, but what are you really reacting to there? Like what's the mm-hmm. sticky point? Cause there is a little bit of the things that, you know, what we resist persists, those little are reflections. Like what am I trying to tell myself by getting mad at my partner for doing more self-care? Right? <laughs> <laughs> We get it. There's, there's the many laughs of Sarah Ramsey. The many laughs, like right? so. There's the, 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 there is that deep one just back there. That was, <laughs> that had that its one? own unique category. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yes. so yeah, so self care, and again, because we know, right? The, 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 the thing with respect to our partners is, is we are in resonance more than we are in always direct logical communication. So the more we do do for ourselves with respect to self-care is actually, and we do do the most to kind of put ourselves in the most kind of progressively vibratory kind of resonance, they're going to pick up on that and they're going to interpret that for them, how they interpret that for them. A lot of that is going to be beyond their kind of conscious interpretation, but they'll Mm -hmm. go into different things. So, but again, that's their choice of what they do with that. But again, the irony is, is the more we do for ourselves is kind of the more we do do for others. Mm-hmm. So, but again, it's very hard to kind of really have that awareness when we're in the throes of just like, you know, like, and because there's also a safety with relationships to let certain reactions out. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. So yes, again, that's why self-care <laughs> Doing self-care and fueling healthy relationships. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we absolutely cannot talk about the subject without talking about the fact that at different points in our lives, we just plain and simple have different capacity to engage in self-care. Totally. When totally. you are a parent with tiny children who are hanging off you all the time, and, you know, you've got a lot less 
available space to engage in your own self-care that like I am very aware that because I was a single parent for um you know 18 years I had no even when I had the time so even when my kids were like at their dad's house physically they weren't with me I didn't really have the brain space for doing a whole lot of anything that would fall into the category of self-care um but as they became adults and they've moved out and I have a partner who is incredibly supportive and you know like a lot of things shifted in my world over the last five years my capacity for self-care now if i'd been able to do this 15 years ago my life would have looked a lot different along the way but guess what that is not for me to get down on myself because i didn't have this set of circumstances 15 years ago i have mm -hmm. it now and all that does is give me the perspective to be very grateful that I have it now and understand that I now have a level of freedom and time to engage with my own self-care that I have not experienced at any other point in my life. And I'm just very grateful for it. And awesome. Try, try to stay very present with it. You know? Yeah. More of that, please universe. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. That's awesome. I know I get it. Cause it's, you know, it's easy, it's easy to go into the, Oh, if I'd only like, if I could have, you know, like then and kind of mm -hmm. gone out, but it's true. You're recognizing it now. And that's very important. I'm trying to recognize it now too, knowing for me, like, um, we have, you know, you speak kids, we got a baby coming in like six weeks yeah. and I've yeah. finally settled in like, Hey, I get up. I got my like hour and a half from like five in the morning to six 30 in the morning now. Cause Leo, like my four-year-old is kind of sleeping and I got that window, <clears throat> but that's going to change. Like that's yeah. going to change very, <laughs> very soon. So it's, I guess it's, there's that rhythmic aspect and accepting the rhythmic nature of everything that there's going to be you know, rises and falls, those crests in the wave where it's easier to kind of ride that wave of self-care. And I think then you, that's when we do it. And I guess, and that's part of a bigger kind of pattern that we can't always see. Right. And that's, again, another reason why it's important not to judge ourselves because it's, it's hard to have that really bigger picture perspective that over like decades, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but it works mm -hmm. out perfectly on mass. Right. Same with the day, same with the month, like that type of regardless of time frame but um and it's really yeah making the most when you have it without the pressure again and i know i'm telling yeah. that to myself because now i'm like as i'm telling this right now i'm part of my brain is just like holy shit i've only got four like, so I've only got six <laughs> weeks left i gotta do all the blah, 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 you know but so it's, there's no the to-do list just got eight <laughs> times longer didn't it <laughs> it did because <laughs> the time that i'm used to but I know at the same time I'll adapt, right? There'll be things yeah. and there'll be, there'll be different aspects. And um, I remember this before, like when, when my son first came, it was the same thing. Like the mornings have always been that time for me where I can meditate, do Tai Chi, do my thing. And I didn't have that. 
you know, suddenly mm-hmm. like he was up like at five, like before me. And it was just like, okay, like I'm on and it's, um, but then you learn to just make use of the small moments you do have throughout the day, yeah. you know? So I got good at that time doing like three minutes of a recharge, you know, knowing yep. that it, no, it wasn't this perfect 30 minutes meditation that I'm able to do now. Like it was just this kind of short little snigget that just kind of nudged things along, you know? So yeah. it does create things, but at the same time, in and of itself, probably wasn't sustainable for years and years and years. So to, to have this last kind of couple of years where I've had had, as you said, too, is like the space to kind of have for myself. I'm going to make use of it again, knowing winter is coming. <laughs> okay, so it, let's talk about this piece of it, actually, pretty. And, and I think looking at where you know my life is and where your life is just because we had children roughly 15 years differently yeah. uh, no closer to 20 <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot different <laughs> um like i'm in a cycle of my life where the awareness for how i can support my partner in whatever self-care they choose to engage in, not whatever self-care I tell them that they need to engage in, (laughs) (laughs) much as I would like it to be like that. Um, But making the space for them to tell me what they need and figure out how I can support that and vice versa, being able to tell them what I need and what kind of support I need from that. So that looks very different for two adults with no children (laughs) versus you and your partner who there's little ones at play. And so just by virtue of scheduling alone, that is a different endeavor, but a really important piece of the puzzle. Totally. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. No, very much so. But the piece that you just said, just to jump around a little bit that I thought was important too, is that aspect of self-care leading to be able to vocalize what's Mm -hmm. a need in a relationship, whether or not that's a romantic one, a professional one, Mm -hmm. like any like educational one, like to, to self-care in terms of, um, not just contributing to that shared space, but also letting yourself excel in that shared space, whatever that kind of space is. And that's being able to advocate for yourself. And that comes from self-care to know what you want to be able to say and be able to voice your needs and that kind of throat chakra a little bit right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I'm asking this question and at the same time, I'm thinking about how that applies in, in my own house. Do you have good tools for how you guys communicate around, uh, the issue of, you know, here's what, what I need and here's what, you know, how she comes to you and. Well, get, get yes and no. Yes. But get back to me in six weeks when yeah. chaos reigns supreme in this household and there's diapers flying everywhere and there's like to- toddlers. So when that chaos ensues, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But generally is, is, is just the general idea of a, of a judgment-free space to communicate. 
right? And knowing that things are, the pressures come, especially when big events kind of happen in and around in life, um, either something like a child, but even like a move or change in jobs or like uh, family kind of passing. There's lots of different things that can kind of create um, pressure, you know, on a relationship. All the things that you've just done in the last six weeks. Yeah, kind of like like drawn (laughs) from a few personal (laughs) events there. But um is knowing that 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 you you know again we're we're both having our own experiences with those things and we're also sharing all those experiences of those things. So being able to communicate, you know, without being each other's therapist, but without, um, but being able to have like, okay, this is what I need. And also knowing like the background stuff, like my partner knows that I do well, if I get told specifically, can you do this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. as opposed to that, I'm, I'm, I'm good that way. And we kind of work and, and that's the type of thing. So, but the tools are really, um, having an underlying understanding that it's always a safe space and it's not accusatory yeah. and just kind of acknowledging kind of that aspect and being willing to also laugh at the ridiculousness of it all, even when you're mm-hmm. saying, which can kind of go two ways. Now I'm not saying that. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't always work very well, but anyways, um, uh, and I think it just, and nourishing like the time for ourselves too, right? Like in mm-hmm. prioritizing, um, time as us, you know, for a couple, yeah. which is hard is it when you're so got a lot hard. of stuff on and like a toddler and another one, like there's, but as just an intent, knowing that that's just as like, we're talking about self-care, like kind of nourishing a relationship is going to go through t- ability to ebbs and flows too, with respect mm-hmm. to time. Like there's certain aspects of kind of a life cycle of relationship where there is a lot more time available to go out or do something, have a date night, like that type of thing. Whereas when other things happen, it just changes. It just doesn't mean, it doesn't mean it's not there. It's just, you're going through an ebb that's kind of, okay, well, you got to make the best of kind of small moments of time mm-hmm. and you do and knowing that those bigger periods will come where you can kind of, um, have a different type of honoring of, of relationship. So, and so that, and I think again, tools, like I'm, you know, there's certain aspects and this is, I guess, kind of going into relationships aspects of stuff. But for me, you know, my partner knows that sometimes I just got to take a breath, take a breath and like take a step away or something like that, mm-hmm. or, you know, and so we all have our ways and, and knowing that. Um, and um, I, I think it's still kind of striving to be for me in allowance of the other person. And this then come, it's easier to kind of overlay into other relationships as well. Right. And being an allowance of it, knowing that that doesn't mean I'm being bowled over by it. Right. Mm-hmm. It just means I'm not placing a significance on it. Now that's, that's hard to do. And that's especially yeah. hard to do with like partner relationships. But for me, it's still the goal because I know that we cut that allows a presence. And that means that it's not that I'm not going to take action or not, not say something, but it just means I'm going to be as present as possible and not let whatever's unfolding into that shared space stick to me in any way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what about you? What tools, what tools you got? Well, um, I mean, this has been an evolving piece for us. Um, and, and really not only around the issue of self-care, but, but uh, bigger, you know, issues around communication and stuff. And the one that we're sort of currently 
playing with that I think has some really good potential, actually. And I did not come up with this. Steve actually was the one that suggested it in our relationship. But a friend of mine uh, talked about doing this in her relationship a couple of years ago, and I always quite liked the idea of it. But it's basically having a, a once a week meeting, like a scheduled, you know, um, my girlfriend, she and her husband, they refer to it as Tuesday night talkie time. And <laughs> we don't call it by the same moniker, but you know, it's like that. Basically it's that scheduled, um, one time of the week, night, morning, whatever, where you're, we're going to come together and we're going to talk about anything that is up for us. So it also, um, in terms of just relationship communication, it means that not everything has to be addressed right in the moment because we know there's a scheduled moment for it. Mm -hmm. Um, which interesting. That's nice. I can see the value of that. Yeah. It, 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 it's new for us. So I don't have all the feedback on it yet, but, um, I think it can be useful. Um, I'm so write that who... stuff. Well, I could, do you write that down? Cause I, I feel like I'd be like, then I would get to the meeting and be like, Oh yeah. What was all those things that I, that it was. <laughs> I, I'm a list maker. So yes, I would. Uh, the problem is like, I am the, I'm a talker, right? So I'll bring up everything all the time and want to talk about it and get deep. And I, I, I mean, you and I have known each other for a while. This probably isn't coming as a big shock to you that, but Steve is uh, not as much of a talker and he really likes to take the time to think things through before he figures out what it is that he has to say. Whereas I figure out what it is that I have to say by talking through it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's two, yeah. two different approaches. So for him, I think it's especially valuable to have that space of time in between uh, before the issue gets raised because uh, he can think about what he needs to say because otherwise he's a lot more prone to just not say anything. Interesting. And uh, then it gets uh, to a point where it explodes. Well, because that's not saying something is a form of reaction too, yeah. right? And I think what you're saying is when we have that time to have have it as a different time, then that takes a little bit of reaction out of it, mm -hmm. right? So we can kind of get more present with the essence of the information that's relevant as opposed to the reaction that's that's kind of overtaking things. So I like that. That's a good tool. Yeah, and I think, really and I think it would be a really easy add-on you know, mm -hmm. when we're talking about self-care specifically, I think it would be a really easy add-on to include the question, you know, okay, this coming week, what do you need from me? How can I support you, you know, getting what you need this week? Both people asking that question of each other, not totally. a one-way street. Yeah. So, so that's a little bit of an eye to the week ahead, knowing that you're going to have this whole meeting again a week later. So you only really have to deal with a week at a time. But what do you need from me? How can I support you? Because I think that's a really great way to be able to introduce, like, 
I really need, you know, an hour to myself. Great. I Thursday, I can, you know, whatever. Like, well, you totally, totally. Them. Or this past week, I felt really overwhelmed and it would have been great if I could have. So could we do that this week? You know, totally. it, I think it facilitates some great um, and it's, communication around that. Totally. And then because when we are like in a state either we're partial reaction or something, if, if our partner or someone has given us a few things that can be beneficial and sometimes it'd be like, oh, yeah, that's this would be this would be a distinct contribution to them right now. Right. And so mm-hmm. that's a good kind of taking care of your space in a win-win type of way. Yeah. So, no, I like that. That's a very good tool. Well, cool. I like this. So I think the role of self-care and fueling health and relationships, we kind of dove into some stuff today. I like it. We did. I think there's no doubt that there's an enormous role for self-care in fueling yeah. a healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that self-care itself can look a lot of different ways. Yeah. And I think that I learned, I learned that was a good reminder for me today going through this, that it's not about doing or having this perfect, like enlightened checklist in terms of, you know, it's like, nah, sometimes self-care is doing absolutely nothing Yeah, and being okay with it. So I like that. All right. Any closing thoughts? We're incredibly smart. (laughs) Just brilliant (laughs) own it yeah baby (laughs) boy there we go self-care also means letting patting yourself on the back like acknowledging that's part of it you know it's just being an allowance even of ourselves and that's definitely that's another episode but that's one we don't definitely do Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> we'll save that one. We'll save that we will one. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Until next time, everybody. Thanks for joining our conversation today. You can head over to thisbiglifepodcast.com for all the show notes and information. If you loved what you heard here today, would you do us a favor and rate and review the show? It helps more people just like you discover these juicy conversations. And if you know someone you think would love this particular episode, you can even go ahead and share it with them right now. And if you have a topic you would love to hear us discuss, or someone you think would make a great guest for our show, you can submit your ideas using the link in the show notes. And you can always find us on Instagram, at This Big Life Podcast. Thanks again. We'll be right back here in your ears next Tuesday. See you then.